Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shechebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shechebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in semachot for the entire family. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Shilomo ben Rivka Ruach Hashem Tanichenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Achim Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanichenu Began Eden. Amen. Daf Pechet Amud Bet. We are starting today from the Mishnah. Haomer Avdo. A person tells his slave, here we're talking about an Ibit Kenani. Se Ushkot Alai eta Pesah. Go out and slaughter for me the Korban Pesah. The point over here is that the master did not specify to the Ibit Kenani, does he want him to slaughter for him a Gidi? Does he want him to slaughter for him a, a goat? Or a Tele? Tele would be a sheep. He did not specify. Shahat gedi yokal. So if the slave slaughtered a gedi, a goat, so then the master can eat it. Shahat tale. If he slaughtered a lamb, yokal. So then he's able to eat it. Shahat gedi vetale. Let's say the avid slaughtered both of them. Yokal menarishon. So then the master eats from the first one. Rashi explains Bashini Yisarif. And the second one has to be burnt because it cannot be offered as a Qurban. And now we go with a next case of the Mishnah. Let's say the case where the Ibad Kanani forgot what his master told him. He forgot whether he told him to slaughter him a Gdi or a Tale. What should he do? He should slaughter both a Tale and a Gdi and he should say, in Gedi Amar Lirabi, if my master told me to slaughter a Gedi, a goat, Gedi Shelo, so the Gedi belongs to him for the Quran Pesach, Betale Sheli, and the lamb will belong to me. Ve'im Tale Amar Lirabi, and if the master told me to bring a lamb, then a tale shelo, the lamb will be his for his Qurban Pesach, ugdi sheli, and the goat will be for me. <coughs> which means, he's able to make this stipulation, and whichever one belongs to the master uh, will be slaughtered for the master, and the other one will be considered the Eved Kena'ani's Qurban Pesach. Now, now she says, that the Gemara is going to ask a question, how could the other Qurban be a Qurban Pesach for the Ibit Kanani? We have a rule that says Masha Kana Ibit Kanara Bo. That whatever a Ibit Kanani acquires, it automatically resorts back to the master because he has no acquisition on his own. So how could it say that one of them will serve as a Qurban for his master and the other one will serve as a Qurban for the Ibit? That the Gemara will deal with. Now, obviously the Ibn um, Kanani cannot slaughter both for his master because you're not allowed to be registered on to Pesachim. So therefore, he has no choice uh, but to make this condition. Now, 
he cannot make a condition by saying, whichever one is the Qurban Pesach will be for my master, and the other will just be uh, not a Qurban Pesach at all. Because how could he then slaughter the Qurban Pesach in the Azara of the Bet HaMikdash? If he doesn't sanctify it as a Qurban, it's bringing Hulin into the Azara. So he has no choice but to sanctify both of them as Qurban Pesach, but he just stipulates whichever one the master had in mind, if he wanted the Tle, the Tle is his and the Gedi is mine. If he wanted the Gedi, the Gedi is his and the Tle is mine. So therefore, either way, both will be for Qurban Pesach. You have no problem of slaughtering it in the Azara. That being said, uh, since we don't know... <coughs> Uh, we don't know um, which 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 uh, korban was actually for the um, master and which is uh, which which one's one of the master. So of course he cannot eat from the korban. However, he's yotze his obligation of korban pesach. So again, let's read that case again. Shachach ma'amar lo rabbo. Let's say the slave forgot. What the master had told him. Kesa Jase, what should he do? Yishchat tale ugdim yimar slaughter both, and he should say im gedi amar li rabbi. If my master told me to slaughter a gedi, gedi shelo the gedi belongs to me talishin, and it will be for me for the korban pesach. Be im tale amar li rabbi, and if he told me to slaughter a lamb, then a talish shelo, then the lamb belongs to his ugdi shelo, and the gedi will belong to the eved. <coughs> Comes the. Mishnah continues. Shachah Rabbo Ma'amarlo. Let's say that the master also forgot what he told him. Which means, uh, not only did the servant forget which type of korban to bring, <coughs> but the master himself also forgot what he told him. And we're talking about a case where the servant slaughtered both a gedi and a so that says <coughs> Both of them have to be burnt Because we don't know which is the masters And which is the slaves So therefore they may not eat from either offering Because they might transgress eating a Pesach That they were not registered for But they are exempt from bringing Pesach Sheni because for sure one of them belongs to the master and one of them belongs to the servant. So we just don't know which one it is. So long as the shahita was done at the time of the shahita and the zinika, it was done for the respective owner. <coughs> just that afterwards it was forgotten. So therefore there's no need for a Pesach Shini. The Gemara begins, Peshita. The first case of the Mishnah is obvious. A person tells his slave, to go slaughter for me a Qurban Pesach, he doesn't stipulate. So certainly, since he didn't specify, it goes without saying that whatever he brings from him is going to be valid. What is the Mishnah teaching us? Kamara says, Shahat Gedi Yochal Af Al Gav Diragil Betaleh. We're talking about over here that the servant slaughtered a Gedi for him, even though the master normally is accustomed to a lamb. And the Hadush of the Mishnah is that still since he didn't stipulate, even though he's Nagil with the other animal, the animal that was slaughtered is valid. And for that matter, Shahat Taleh Yochal, if the servant slaughtered a Taleh, he can eat Afalgav de Nagil Begdi, even though the master normally is Nagil with a Gedi, since he did not stipulate, the Taleh is considered valid. Comes the Gemara. And ask the question on the next part of the Mishnah. Shachat gedi v'taleh yochal me'en arishon. 
So, if let's say the servant slaughtered both of them, so we say that what? He eats from the first korban. Which means whatever one was slaughtered first, that's what the master eats. The Gemara has a question, that a person cannot be registered on two korban Pesach at once, and therefore he's not allowed to eat from either of the korbanot. Which means we learned several times already, that you can only register, register yourself on one korban. And if a person, let's say, is registered for two korbanot, so in such a case, we say that whatever korban the person's mind he had is on his mind at the time of the shaita, that's going to take offense, take effect, I should say. However, in this case over here, uh, let's say if his preference was not known at the time, so therefore he's forbidden to eat. He may not eat from one offering because he did not necessarily have preference for it. And at the same applies to the other offering. Now this opinion is not holding by the opinion of Bidira, where we can say retroactively, we can say what is in his mind. And therefore we go back to our Mishnah's case. The master relied on his servant, and he didn't tell him anything. He relied on his servant to register both for a uh, Gedi and a Teleh. The master's preface though was unknown at the time of the slaughtering. So therefore the Gaura, he shouldn't be able to eat from any of them. Because since he slaughtered both, so therefore it's as if he's registered on both. How then could the Mishnah say that you give him what everyone was slaughtered first? If you're not holding Berera and saying retroactively we say that the first one that was slaughtered was in his mind, so how could you say that you give him the first one, the Gaura? Both of them would be invalid. So that's the Gibraltar's question. So the Gibraltar says, You're right. Our Mishnah specifically is talking about a king and a queen that had asked their servants to go slaughter a Korban Pesach for them. They did not stipulate. Now, a king and a queen, Tosafot explains, have an abundance of food and therefore they really don't care if a Gedi is slaughtered or a Teleh. And therefore they willingly accept whatever animal is slaughtered by the servant. And therefore as soon as the first animal is slaughtered, finished automatically, they are registered. An ordinary person, however, does have a preference for either a Gedi or a Teleh. And therefore if the first animal slaughtered is not according to his liking, he would not have chosen it for a Korban Pesach. Therefore he still can be registered on either animal. Whereas a king and queen, they really have no preference, so therefore uh, it will be the first korban that was slaughtered. And the Gemara says, V'atanya brings a proof, A person cannot be registered on two korban pesachim together. There was a story where there was a king and a queen that they told their servants, Go out and slaughter first korban pesach. And the servants went out and they slaughtered two korban pesach. Let's say a talen, a so they came to ask the king which uh, korban they should prepare. So go ask the queen. So they went to ask the queen. They said, how do I know? Go ask the rabbi. So he went to ask the queen. A queen and a king who are not particular in whether the Pesach is a Gedi or a Tele, just eat from the first one that was slaughtered. Anan, but us, which means ordinary people, we cannot eat not from the first one and not from the second one. Because again, since an ordinary person usually has a preference for either or all of the animals, and therefore the first half, the first animal is not to his liking, he would have rather the second animal. Therefore, he cannot be registered for either animal.
Veshuv pa'amachat. Another episode happened. Nimset ale ta'ab v'etemet behind. It was a lizard, which is a a type of creature that when it's dead, it can bring tum'ah. So ale ta'ab was found v'etemet behind in the king's kitchen. So the servants wanted to say, since the letal touched the food, they wanted to declare the whole meal. So they went to ask the king. He said, go ask the queen. They went to ask the queen. And she said, go ask the So they went to ask him. When the lizard fell in the kitchen in the dish, was the dish cold or was it hot? They said to him, Roteach was a hot dish. Go pour on the lizard a cup of cold water or cold liquid. So they went and they poured a cup of cold liquid over the lizard. The Hashan started to squirm, showing that it is still alive. And therefore there was no tomorrow. And the so that was thus declared Tahor by Rabban Gamliel. Nimsa, it comes out. Melech talui b'malka. The king was dependent on the queen. Benimset malka taluyab b'Rabban Gamliel. And it came out that the queen was dependent on Rabban Gamliel. Nimset kola seuda taluyab b'Rabban Gamliel. It comes out that the entire seuda was dependent on Rabban Gamliel. Gemara continues, a quote from the Mishnah, We gave a case that the slave forgot what the master told him. So therefore he slaughters both, and he makes the condition. Meaning if the master told me to slaughter the Gedi, then the Gedi is his, and the uh, Tale is mine. Meaning for the Eivet Karani is called Pesach. So the Gemara says, Sheli, how can it be his, the Eivets? Normally we have a rule that whatever the Eivet acquires, the master acquires, which means the the master, the, the slave cannot take anything into his possession. It automatically goes back to the master. So, how is this case possible? We're talking about a case where the slave goes to a shepherd who is normally frequented by the master, which means the master has dealings with him and he knows him. And therefore, who's interested that the master is benefited. So the shepherd presents one of the two animals to the slave, on the condition that the master has no rights to it. And therefore, the shepherd knows that the master is not going to be able to fulfill his obligation of Korban Pesach unless one of them belongs to the Eved. As we explained earlier that one of them will be a Korban Pesach for this master and one will be a Korban Pesach for the Eved Kenani. Both of them have to be designated as Korban Pesach because he has to slaughter both of them. Because he forgot what his master wanted. So he has to either slaughter a a, both a tele and a Gedi, but they both have to be slaughtered for a Korban, because that's the only way he can slaughter with the Azara, otherwise he's slaughtering Holin Azara. And he cannot register his master for both of them, because then he's going to be registered on two Korbanot. So one has to be for him, and one has to be for uh, his master, with that condition. But the only way that happens is if he owns one. So therefore the Ro'eh, the shepherd we're talking about over here, knows the master. And therefore, he does him a favor and he'll uh, give possession to the, ma- to the slave of one of these korbanot without the owner, without the master having any rights to it. Because that is to the benefit of the master. Comes the Gemara and continues. The next case of the Mishnah. In the case where the master forgot what he had told the servant. So the Mishnah says that both animals are burnt. However, we said that the 
Adon and the Eved, the master and the servant, are both exempt from Pesach Sheni. Amar so Abiy explains, Lo shano ela shachachachad zerika. This is only talking about that the master forgot his original intention only after the zerika of the korbanot. But at the time that the blood was sprinkled, hava haza la'achila. Each korban was still fit for eating. Because at that time during the zirika, the master still remembered what he told the slave to slaughter. Meaning a gedi or a tle. Therefore, at that time, it was a, uh, belonged to a specific owner. There was la'ui. About But if he forgot already before the zirika, the is the dam. At the time that he sprinkled the blood, so it was not... Fit for eating because they did not know which one belongs to who. Hayavim lagasot pesach sheni. So in that case, they would have to bring a pesach sheni because they cannot eat from the korbanot because it was impossible to know which one belonged to who. And therefore, the zirika was not valid. And therefore, since it was not valid, they would have to bring a pesach sheni. Ika dematila abraita. Some have this saying of abayir of loshanu on a braita. What's the case of the braita? Five owners that had, let's say, Qurban Pesach. Each one had their own Qurban Pesach. And the hides of the Qurban Pesach got mixed up. That's the leather. They used to skin the animal. And a wart was found on one of the hides, which was a wart that would make the animal a ba'almum, therefore rendering it not valid for Qurban Pesach. So now all the Qurbanot, you have to burn them. You cannot put them on the Mizbiyah, because one of them is definitely Pasul. But all all the owners are exempt from making a Pesach Sheni. Now for sure four out of the five owners are exempt because their Qurban is Kashir, but the Hadush is even the fifth one. We don't know who that is, but all five animals are burnt, but everybody is Yotzeh. This was only talking about where the highs got mixed up after the Zirika. The Be'idat is the Rikdam, because of the time that they sprinkled the dam of the Qurban, Miha, however, at least, Hava Hazil Akhila, which means at least four of the unblemished offerings were still fit for eating. Which is the Zirika for the four were valid, because the owners were still eligible to eat at the time. And therefore, in that case, all five owners, we'll see why, are exempt from Pesach Shnei, but if the eyes became mixed up before the sprinkling of the blood, then all five are unfit to be in at that time, so they all are obligated to bring a Pesach Shnei. Comes to Gibran and says, The one that learned Abayah's statement on the Mishnah, that said what? That in the case of the Mishnah, where the owner forgot which Korban... Uh, what he told the servant so then Abayya said that that's only talking about if he forgot after the zirika then they're exempt so it says man de the opinion that says that qualification on the Mishnah kol sheken abaraita although more so would say it in the case of the braita of the five eyes which means the Mishnah dealt with a case where the animal itself was kashir there was no psul in the animal it's just that we forgot who it belongs to <coughs> so therefore in the case where at the time of the sprinkling of the blood, where we say that the animal was kashir, just that, that, that uh, we didn't, that, and at that time we knew who the animal belonged to, which means it was forgotten only after zirika. So then we say if it was before zirika, so then it's going to be pasul because the, the, the blood was not sprinkled with knowledge of 
who the right Qurban was. So again, the Mishnah dealt with a case in which there was no disqualification in the animal itself. And therefore the blood itself, of course, was fit for zirikah. The reason why you can't eat it is because it's an external factor. Meaning that we don't know who the registrants are. So therefore Abayir ruled that if this doubt came about before the zirikah, the owners must bring a second korban. So therefore certainly in the case of the bright that we're talking about, there was a blemish in the korban. If this fact became known before the zirikah, certainly they would have to bring a korban pesachini. However, the opinion that learned Abayir only on the bright, but maybe he'll argue that only in the Brayta where there was a psalm the Qurban, if it was found out before the Zidikah, you'd have to bring a Pesach Shini. However, in the Mishnah, no, Kevan de Cheshirini, because since bottom line, the case of the Mishnah, the Qurban is Kasher, the Yidkar, Abi Hazil If they would remember who belongs to what, they would be able to eat it. Therefore, Kamesh, Vayagali, I can say, listen, even at the time of the sprinkling, they didn't know who it belongs to, but in front of God, in front of heaven, God knows. And therefore, I can say that since the Qurbanot are essentially valid. And the only problem is we don't know who it belongs to. Abayir would say that there's no difference even before Zirika. In such a case, they would not be obligated to bring Pesach Shini. So basically the Gemara is saying that Abayir made a statement that it only applies after Zirika. However, if this case was before Zirika, there would be Hayav and Pesach Shini. What was Abayir talking about? So some learned he was referring to the case of Al Mishnah, where the owner forgot what he told the servant. So therefore, it's only works that they're exempt if this they forgot after the Zirika. Because at the time of the Zirika, at least they knew exactly who it belonged to. But if they forgot before the Zirika, so it was invalid. And some say that Abayir's statement was said on the bright of the case of the five hides. And that what? That before the Zirika, if it was was uh, forgotten before the Zirika, so therefore it's invalid already at the time of the Zirika. One of the Qurbanot were invalid, for sure. So therefore, all of them are invalid after being Prince Al-Shini, but if it was, if, if it was found out to Psul after Zirika, so they're all exempt from Prince Al-Shini. So basically what the Gemara says, that the one that learns it on the Mishnah, that it's Psul in the... In the, in the, in, it's not a psalm in the goof, it's a psalm just in that they don't know who it belongs to, and still Abayah makes that difference, because again in the Brayta, certainly in the Brayta is going to make a difference if it was found out before Zirikat that they're going to be high after the Pesachini, but the opinion that says only on the Brayta, I could say on the Brayta, they're Mahmikos of the goof, but in the Mishnah, I'll tell you that even if it was found out before the Zirikat, one does not have to bring a Pesach Shini because it's not a psalm in the Qurban, it's just uh, forgotten to them. But in front of Borei Olam, Borei Olam knows exactly who it belongs to, and therefore I could argue and say that they would not have to bring a Pesach Shini. Gemara continues, Amar Mor. We learned in the Braita <coughs> that if we have a case of five people that each one brought a Qurban Pesach, and then subsequently they found the hides, uh, they had the hides of the animal and they got mixed up and they didn't know which one belongs to who and then they found that one of the hides actually had a blemish, a yabilit, a wart on it so it says that they cannot bring the kurbanot on the mizbeach they have to burn them but ufturim la'asot pesach shin they're all exempt from bringing pesach shini so the gabra is the obvious question what do you mean one of the five definitely did not fulfill his obligation after all, the Qurban was blemished. How can you say all five were exempt from Pesach Shini? So the Gibbara says, Mishum Delo Efshar. Because there is no <coughs> options, there is no way for them to fulfill this uh, situation, to, to get out of this dilemma. What do you want them to do? If you're going to tell that everybody, meaning all five people, bring 
another Qurban Pesach. Kamaiti Hulin Al-Azara. Four of them are going to bring animals that are Hulin. Because four out of the five already, the Qurban Pesach was valid. So just to tell them to bring another one, so that's considered Hulin. It's not consecrated. If it's a sin to bring Hulin Al-Azara, Darba'ami Nayu Abdelehu. Because four of them brought the Qurban Pesach already. So then you will say, Liti Kulehu Had Pesach. Let all five join together and bring one Pesach. And therefore, for sure, it's not Hulin Nazara because one of them needs it for a Qurban Pesach. But the Gemara says, not an option. It comes out that the people that are going to eat this second Qurban Pesach are not registered on it because four of them already fulfilled the obligation on the first Pesach. And therefore, the second Pesach cannot be eaten by somebody that is not registered on it. So therefore, that is not an option as well. So the Gemara says, Hi, my. What do you mean over here that there's no option? There is an option. Let each one bring their Qurban Pesach, a second one, and make the following stipulation. If my original one was the one that had the blemish, had the so the, the second one that I'm bringing now will be, will be considered my Qurban Pesach. And if my original Qurban Pesach was the unblemished one, so let the one that I'm bringing now bring a, be as a Qurban Shalamim. So the Qurban is asking, why is that? not an option. Seemingly that will solve the dilemma. The Gemara says, Lo Efshad. No, still, that's an impossibility. Mishum Because the law is that if it is indeed a Shilamim, the Kohanim eat the breast and right hind leg of the Shilamim. And now, how are we going to give the Hazin the Shok to the Kohanim? Because maybe it's a Qurban Pesach. And the side that it's a Qurban Pesach, the Kohanim cannot eat the Hazin the Shok because they're not registered as part of the Qurban. So we're in a Kash 22, you cannot stipulate Shilamim because the Shilamim, part of it goes to the Kohen and that Kohen is not registered on the Qurban Pesach. So the Gibraltar says, fine, we can solve that as well. Let each one of the five bring a second Qurban Pesach and let them join up with a Kohen. And therefore, uh, they'll bring a Qurban Pesach. Now, on the side that it's Qurban Pesach, so they fulfill their obligation. Uh, and on the side that it's a Shalamim, so the Kohen would be able to eat the Hazeh Veshok. So therefore, we got around the problem. So the Gemara says... The Gebara says, Hi Kohen What's the case of this Kohen that you're joining now into the group? I David Pesach, if he already brought a Qurban Pesach, Dilma Hai Pesachu. Maybe the second one is going to be considered a Pesach. And that is going to be eaten by those that are not registered on it. Because the Kohen, his registration is invalid because he was registered already on his own Pesach. So that, that case cannot be. So what are you going to tell me? Vihidil Avi Pesach. So you'll tell me maybe the case is talking about where he didn't bring his own Qurban Pesach yet. Well, Dilma Shilamimu. Well, maybe then the Qurban is a Shilamim. On the side that the Qurban Pesach, is, on the side that this animal is a Qurban Shilamim, Vihidil Avi Pesach. So then the Kohen never brings, brought a Qurban Pesach. Which means by joining a Kohen, you're putting the Kohen at risk. If it's a Qurban Pesach, so then already the Kohen cannot eat from it, and it's invalid because he is not registered on it, nor is the original owner registered on it. Again, I repeat, if you're going to bring a Kohen, which each with each member, and tell them to bring a Qurban, and make the stipulation, and say, if it's a Pesach, so this is our Qurban Pesach, and if it's a Shilamin, so 
And if it's not a Pesach, so let it be as a Shalamim. So the Gemara says, wait, what type of Kohen you bring over here? If the Kohen brought his Kurban Pesach already, so therefore maybe this is considered a Kurban Pesach, and therefore it's Pesach Nechal, Shelo Limnuyav, then it'll come out that this Pesach is going to be eaten by people that are not registered, because the Kohen cannot eat from this Pesach, because he was already, he brought a Kurban Pesach already. When himself Pesach Nechal Shelo Limnuyav, Maybe this is a Shilamim, this Korban. And therefore, the Kohen now never ended up bringing a Pesach. So the Kibbutz is fine. We have another option. Let all the five owners bring a second Korban Pesach and let them make the stipulation of if the first, if theirs was the uh, Pasul one, then this is Pesach, and if they were, there was, theirs was the Kasher one, then this will be a Shilamim, and let them bring one Kohen, the Lohabad Pesach, let them join one Kohen in each group, the same Kohen will join, be part of each group, and that Kohen did not bring the Pesach, now, and register for all these five Pesachim. For sure in this case over here, one of the owners did not bring Korban Pesach. So therefore, for sure one of these animals is a Korban Pesach. And the Kohen will fulfill his obligation. And he will give all the Hazev Veshok of the five animals to the Kohen. So now the Kohen eats all five Hazev Veshok. If it's Shilamim, so he's allowed to eat Shilamim. If it's Korban Pesach, well for sure one of them is Korban Pesach. So he's fulfilling his obligation by Korban Pesach by eating one of the Hazev Veshok. As well as the other... Five men, they covered themselves, meaning just in case their korban was the pasul one. So now they brought another korban, Pesach, that was kasher. So the Gebra is saying, really there was an option. So the Gebra says, no, there is no option. Why? Our premise that said that they can bring a korban with a stipulation to say, if it's a Pesach, fine, and if not, it'll be a shalamim, that is not an option. Why? Because normally a korban shalamim is eaten for two days. Because a korban Pesach can only be eat eaten that night and the next morning. It's got to be burnt. But korban shalamim can be eaten for two days and one night. And therefore in this case over here, since we have to suspect that maybe it's a korban Pesach, so we're going to have to treat it with the stringency of korban Pesach and therefore burn it the next day. And the halakha said you're not allowed to minimize the eating of a korban. And since it might be as Shilamim, and Shilamim has a longer eating time, but you have to treat it with the stringency of Pesach, therefore burn it earlier, that would be Asur. So that's why the stipulation doesn't work. So the Gemara says, Venaiti Motara Pesach. Why don't you bring the Korban and bring it as a residual Pesach? Venaiti Motara Pesach Venema. And say the following. If mine was the blemished one, the one that I'm bringing now will be my Korban Pesach. But if mine was the unblemished one, let the one that I'm bringing now, let it be treated as a Shilamim of a Motara Pesach. And I'll explain to you what a Motara Pesach is in a second. The Motara Pesach, because a Motara Pesach is also eaten for one day and 
one night and is burnt the next morning just like a Pesach itself. Now a Motara Pesach is a case where let's say a person had a Korban. And for some reason let's say the Korban got lost and he brought another Korban in its stead. And then the first Korban was found. So that's called Motara Pesach. Or a person let's say designated money for Korban Pesach. And he spent it on the Korban he had left over money. So that money now you buy an animal. And the animal that you buy is also called Motara Pesach. And the deed of that Motara Pesach is brought as a Sharamim. But it has a deen of a Korban Pesach in the sense that what? That it can only be eaten for that night is burnt the next day. So the Gibran has an option. Why don't you make a stipulation and say that what? That if mine was the Baal Mum, so therefore this one will be a Kurban Pesach. And if mine was a Kurban Pesach, so let this one be considered a Mutar, let it have a status of a residual Pesach, and I'm not minimizing the eating, because a Mutar Pesach also is eaten only for one night and burnt the next day. So the Gibran says, what do you mean? Vechim afrishin mutarot? Can one designate an animal to make it a motara pesach? Meaning, you can't designate an animal and, and, and claim that it's a residual pesach. Meaning, it's a fact. You have to have the animal either that was lost and then found again, or the extra money. You can't just designate an animal to call it a motara pesach. So the Gibraltar says, fine. So we should let them toil and find a motara pesach. I mean, that should be the case. Let the five guys go find people that had a situation where they have an actual or that they had extra money and let them uh, buy the animal that was spent with that money so they have a deen of Motara Pesach which is an actual Motara Pesach and then they will have a deen of what? Just like a Shalamim so that we figured out how to get around the problem so the Gibran says Ela Mishum Semicha now the problem over here is you're going to run into Semicha meaning the requirement to lean one's hands on the animal the Ilu Pesach Lo Semicha Korban Pesach does not require Semicha the Motar Be'ai Semicha but a Motar Pesach does need Semicha so you're not going to have an ability over here to bring it with this condition because on the side that it's a Motar Pesach it's going to need Semicha on the side that it's a Pesach you're not going to you can't bring a, a do a Semicha so you're stuck so the Gemara says what do you mean Hati that's fine this question you ask me if the Motara Pesach was, was if the original Korban Pesach was brought by a man then you write the Motara Pesach is required Simicha Korban Nashim but let's say we're talking about a group of ladies that brought a Korban Pesach and it got lost and they brought another one in its stead so the original one was found that's called Motara Pesach but the deen of a Motara Pesach by ladies is that it does not require Simicha so therefore we should say let them require themselves to, to find a Motara Pesach of ladies and therefore there is no Simicha and therefore there is no difference between the Korban Pesach not in the eating time and not on the Semicha therefore the stipulation will work now, the problem is because of the blood applications the Idu Pesach Matanahat which is Korban Pesach only requires one blood application meaning you pour it on one of the corners of the Mizbeach the Idu Shalamim but the Korban Shalamim or Motara Pesach Shtayim Shen Arba it's two sprinklings that are really four because you sprinkle it on the two corners of the Mizbeach so the two corners are actually four directions so therefore the problem you have over here is the sprinkling is not going to be the same how could you sprinkle the blood of this animal on the uh, Mizbeach if it's a Pesach it only requires one corner if it's a Motara Pesach it requires Shtayim Shen Arba on the two corners of the Mizbeach so the Gemara what's the difference what's the difference 
What do you mean? The Baraita clearly says, or actually it's a Mishnah that says, that Bidi'avad, even if you sprinkle something that requires two corners and you only sprinkle it on one, Bidi'avad, it's okay. So therefore, just sprinkle it on one corner and Bidi'avad will be okay. So you must, okay, fine, we have another problem. The way we pour it is different. A Pesach is spilled on the uh, Mizbeah. Actually, it's poured on the Mizbeah. Shifika, it's poured. But Shilamim is sprinkled or thrown on the Mizbeah. So the actual way of sprinkling is different. So therefore, there's no way to bring it with the stipulation. Because what are you going to do? If, if it's a Pesach, you have to throw it. If it's a... Uh, you have to pour it. If it's a shalamim, you have to um, throw it. So the Gemara says, What's the difference in that case either? We learned in the that even something that was supposed to be thrown on the mizbeach, that you poured on the mizbeach, yatsa. So therefore, just pour it on the mizbeach and bidi abayil be yotze. The Gemara says, Wait, ema dekamrinan diavad lechetachila name. When did we say these things? That if you sprinkle, if you, that if you were supposed to uh, pour uh, uh, zorek and throw it on the mizbeach and you poured it, it's okay. That's only with the avad. But here you tell me to do it the chetachila, which means you can't put yourself in a situation the chetachila where you're going to go uh, pour it on the mizbeach when you were supposed to. You're going to go pour it on the Mizbah when you were supposed to throw it. That's only a deen with the Abad, but not like a Tahira. For that matter, when we said above, that if you sprinkle it on one corner, with the Abad, it's okay. But the Tahira, you can't sprinkle it on one corner. So therefore, we're back to the premise that what? It's Eif Shar. There's no way to get around this problem over here. And therefore, in the case of the five skins that got mixed up, the deen would be indeed that they do not bring a Pesach Shini, because there is no way for them to alleviate the problem and make the different stipulations. For example, let's just review quickly. It will be unacceptable for each of them to bring his own Pesach, because if he filled this Quran Pesach already, he would be guilty of bringing Chodin to the Azara. Now, if they may not bring one Pesach between all of them, because whichever four fulfilled the Quran Pesach cannot be registered on it, and thus cannot eat it, because they registered already on the first one. Furthermore, each one may not bring an animal and stipulate that if he has not fulfilled his Pesach obligation, it is a Pesach, and otherwise it's a Shilamim, because the leftover meat of a Pesach should be burnt the next morning, whereas a Shilamim is fit to be eaten for a little longer time. Furthermore, each one may not find a residual Pesach and stipulate uh, that if he has not fulfilled his Pesach obligation, it's a regular Pesach, and if not, it will be a... Uh, because if it's a residual Pesach of the man, then already the residual Pesach needs Simicha. And even if you want to tell me uh, that it uh, belongs to a lady, you're still going to have a problem with the Matanot, of the sprinkling of, on the corners, and a problem with the uh, how to sprinkle it, meaning either Zorek or Shofech. And therefore, since there is no way out, the only option is to say that they're all exempt from Pesach Sheni. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen ve'amen.